Welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. And today we are going to do a WBL Season 2 recap. We know on uh, the Mouth and Off show, we previewed Season 2 with Nick, Jonathan, Dan, Sadik, and myself. And I have brought the boys back to recap Season 2. Because they called their shot on the preview show. They all said, we're going to win it. We are picking ourselves to win it. And I kind of laughed at it. I said, you know, I think you might win it, but I don't think you will win it. And, well, they proved. Boy, did you look stupid. Well, uh, stupid is not the word I would use. But you proved me wrong nonetheless. The Beanfield Bums took the Season 2 WBL Championship, beating the DR Snowflakes three games to two in the best-of-five series final. They became the first team to win the championship as the number one seed, and it's only the second time ever in WBL history a one seed has won it all. And it also is the first time that the Cy Young winner was on the champion team as Nick won his first ever Cy Young. Let's go, baby. Congratulations are in order there. Thank you very much. Uh, Congratulations are also in order to Diaz. He won most improved. He won his first ever WBO award. And the two of you were both named All-Stars for season two. Hey, what? So a uh, whole lot of nothing for Jonathan and Sato. Sorry, I got nothing for you except for a double gold glove. Gold glove. Sato won Rookie of the Year, bro. That wasn't a, an award. That's an, it was an award. I won me. gold glove. I mean, there were seven gold glove winners. I still won. So? Do you know how many like people win something. the gold glove in MLB baseball, bro? Are you kidding? Oh, are we the MLB? Nine. There's have, not. There's eight. 18 have, gold glove winners have, in baseball. Do we have 30 teams? <laughs> We're on our way. Oh, are are we? All right. Well, that's so that's where we sit. So I will allow you guys to speak to your championship run. Uh, Nick, the floor is yours as team captain. Well, uh, firstly, I just want to shout out all my guys. I mean, to two of them obviously being here right now, and I'll be able to tell Sato more tomorrow night as we spoke upon. But um, I got to give them a lot of credit. You know, we talked a lot going into this year, specifically these two before Sato was even on the team, uh, about making a really, uh, a really big run at the championship this year. Um, and we, you know, we talked about putting in the work. And that meant, you know, practice, practice, practice. And that was what we preached uh, when we talked to you before the season started. Uh, we told you we were, we were hitting the, the practice field. We were working on our game. And uh, every week in the power rankings, we just kept winning games. And every, t- every week in the power rankings, I read, maybe all that practice is working off after all. And, you know, I just got to sit there with a big smile on my face, knowing that all the work we put in uh, came to fruition. So, I'm really proud of my guys because, I mean, last year, you you looked at our pitching stats, and we were easily the worst pitching team in the league um, between myself and DS just having off years, and uh, Jonathan didn't have a really good year either, so three of us really struggled all the way around, at least um, as pitchers, 
And so all that time we spent in practice working on our pitching, um, it really helped us this year. <coughs> I mean, DS and I hovering around one for ERA, Jonathan under three for ERA. It's fantastic. And Sato um, was in the threes as a, a rookie in this league. I mean, you can't ask for much more. So I'm really just thankful that the three of them showed up to all the practices every week um, to just get better. You know, that, that level of commitment, it's not the level of commitment I expect to really have in season three, given that uh, I don't know how many of these guys I'll be able to retain in the redraft. So um, I'm just happy we made some good memories, won a lot of games together, and now I'll le- let these guys take it from there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the, the looming redraft for season three towards the end of, of the show here. Uh, but Jonathan, let me get your thoughts on your championship run. Well, it was a nice run, Ryan, to say the least. Uh, I'm happy that you uh, have to eat your words from the preview show. That puts a nice smile on my face. <laughs> you know how I have a tendency to uh, enjoy being right. Maybe more well, than anyone an, else. That's an league. understatement. But Don't underplay my teammates that. and I can enjoy it because we were all right. It wasn't just me. Um, it was a great run. You know, we we overcame. I I was worried that we we weren't gonna come out victorious. I was gonna that was gonna be a it was gonna be a sad day. But the boys put their hat, heads down and we grinded. Still here, and um. That's you know, not your catchphrase. Okay, it's, that it's, was. I hate to cut you off. That was one of the funniest, like, little, like headlines or storylines to follow. If you were watching any of the videos on YouTube and you could, like, if you could hear it enough, Jonathan would just, like, keep screaming, still here as we were making our comeback. And every time I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of the Hank's Twitter feed where, it's still, where it says, hashtag still here. And I'm like, this he's just copyright infringement dude he's just screaming still here oh i loved it anyway go keep going john but um yeah like i said i mean it it turned out that you know we were the team that practiced um you know uh all the other teams combined practiced zero times uh and we practiced like almost every week and you know it turned out it worked in the end you know, you practice all the time, you get better, you learn, and you, and you succeed. And that's what we did. Some are saying you practice what you preach. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, Dan, I, I do have to say, Jonathan is pretty much like the worst person in the world to allow to be right because he will constantly remind you for the next several weeks. And if there is some sort of like item, like a trophy or a medal, he will literally throw it in your face and make sure you remember it. Yeah. Find it into your head. I, well, I, I will never forget the time at the Rockland Day Wiffle Ball Tournament. Oh we boy. went to, I think we went to, Pen, Pen, uh, where did we go? Did we go to Chipotle or Panera? Panera. I think we went to Panera. We went to Bolt. Like, yeah, after. We went to Panera. Yeah. And I sit down and the whole time, anytime I had anything to say, you just took your medal, your first place medal, and just shoved it in my face. <laughs> there's there's, a, there's a reckoning for that. There Nick will be a reckoning team? for that. I was yeah, on that. At team. least Nick wasn't in my face about it. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone had any right to be like that, it was Nick because he carried your team. Nah. This is also true. Now nah, Marcus hit the home run against the dudes that whipped it. Nick pitched the entire tournament. 
Nah. I did pitch. Well, actually, the last game, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I pitched that championship game all the way through against you guys. I'm pretty sure you did. No, because we I played did. fun. We played like normal whiff that time. Yeah, we played fun whiff, bro. Fun whiff. Yeah. All right, Dan, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, me and Jonathan have a Jason Tatum thing that literally I will probably go to my grave uh, still arguing with him about no matter what happens. But so I feel you there. Um, but on the run itself, dude. Oh, what a fucking run, man. Because, like, you know, we, we were, you know, lower in the power rankings, you know, up, up until, like, it became very clear uh, that we were at least doing the best out of everybody, um, that, you know, we got that top spot. And then we really just never let it go. The closest we came to, you know, letting anything go was the championship game when we were down 0-2. And, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. We called our shot and then we put in the work and like when I'm saying we put in the work, like we really did. Like we weren't, I mean, sometimes, you know, it could have seemed like we were just kind of like dicking around a little bit in practice. But for the most part, we always knew we were going to work on something, whether it's fielding, uh, hitting in general, situational stuff or uh, pitching. And like for me, myself, I, I can just speak on myself real quick. I returned this year with, one pitch and it was only one safe pitch that I felt okay with from last year and years past. I took everything else out and just stripped down the whole entire thing was like, all right, we got to rebuild this. Cause last year was brutal. And yeah, man, I, I just think we, we always played like we had a chance to win every single game, no matter what. And I never felt like we were out of any single particular game. What I will say about one more thing is Seda was huge, you know? I mean, the kid was great for us, and he showed up, and he played well, he cared, and he put in the work, too, you know? For anyone that, that might think he was, like, too good or something to, to be added like that, he would not have been that good if we didn't practice as much as we did. Like, that is, you know, if anyone has any questions about that, literally, the kid... I didn't, the first time I saw him pitch, I did not think he was going to have a three, uh, an ERA in the threes, the hitting. I wasn't sure about, I knew he had power, but like, we all know you got one strike. Not everybody sees, uh, you know, wiffle balls as well as others. Um, and he had a great year deservedly. So I'd like to see him replicate that in season three. We'll see, you know, what happens there. But like, I think collectively we all just, did what we needed to do for each other in whatever spot we needed it. And it came out in that championship series down 0-2. We literally just did what we had to do. And it was just pitch better, limit mistakes, um, and put the bat on the ball, which is something we struggled with uh, in the early part of that. Uh, sorry, in games uh, two for that, in game two for that series, big time. We lost you know, by two runs in that second game. And it did feel like we were down and out. But, you know, credit to Coach, credit to Jonathan and Sato as well. You know, I, again, even down 0-2, I felt like we still had a chance. Even though it felt small, always felt like we had a chance. And that's why the bums are uh, hashtag built different. You might be alone on uh, on that last part <laughs> when we were down when after the after the second we- game. And I was, I thought, I was like, we're done. We're getting swept. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home and be so mad. 
I thought I thought we were gonna lose, but like at the same time, I was like, I mean, we have a chance. It's just right. the way going was so bleak. But so, yeah, I will before you go to your next question, I will say when Jonathan hit the home run in game three, that put us up two nothing. Uh, I I kind of knew like this series was gonna go at least five games, if not in our favor. Like the momentum swing was just was just so huge because Jonathan and Sato were able to pitch one inning each scoreless. And that allowed me to get back in. And at that point uh, I was feeling so good. Um, so winning that game just really felt like the tides were changing in our favor. So, so do you think that the home run was the moment that turned the tides completely around in the series or was it the pitching of Jonathan and Sato in game three? What, what do you think? What, what do you guys uh, it, think was the, the, the moment that turned everything around for you guys? I think it was, um, I, I, so there, there are two things that stick out to me. I think one was the home run that Jonathan hit um, because that gave us a sense of, oh my God, okay. Cause I was in the third inning and we were away. So that was the top of the third inning. Um, that gave us a sense of, oh my God, I, all I need to go do is go out there and get three outs and we're good. And at that point I was really confident in being able to do that. Um, and we did that. And then it was really like, and, and I know this is, it's a little later on, but DS getting the, uh, the out and winning game four um, after giving up three runs on a 5-0 lead, like that, that momentum boost from getting out of that and going into game five after, you know, uh, winning the past two in a row. Um, after that game four, I knew it was over. I knew we were going to win game five. Now I, I knew, uh, or I didn't know that's, but after those first two games, you lose the heartbreaker, the, the six inning extra inning game uh, where I believe Marcus or Zach hit a home run in the top, uh, the, or the bottom or top of the sixth. And yes. they pulled it out and then they won another close one. I think it was two to one in game two. And it, yep. it's just, it looks like, and like you said, Jonathan and Sato have to pitch game an inning each of game three. It's looking as bleak as possible for you guys, having pitched yourself and Dan each at a complete game already. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's something something clicked in game three. It sparked a, a flame, and the flakes couldn't put it out, and it it led to another unfortunate finish for them in the championship series. And we'll get to them in just a little bit, but let's start talking about the other teams in the league. Uh, we'll start with the RCCs. They had yet another disappointing season. Uh, their former Cy Young award winner, Matt Cunningham. He was there early in the season. He led them to an early four and two record alongside captain Alec to Federico. Uh, he th Matt's threw seven scoreless innings on the mound in route to adding a couple of wins and helping them take a pair of series from both you guys and the snowflakes. And th at one point they were the number one team in the power rankings. And then just like last year, Matt all but disappeared. And this time it was due to injury and internship. He had a partial finger ligament tear. And then he moved from Florida for a summer internship and the RCCs had to play shorthanded again and they just went completely downhill from there. 
Um, they did earn the Charlie Award as a team for the first time, though, so they at least had something to take from this year. And, yeah, well. and Alec was an all-star, uh, having done it at the best that he could have done to keep that team competitive to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, but uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts on the RCCs from season two? Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest thing that stands out to me is Matt Cunningham's a problem. Uh, and, and I mean that in every fashion um, of the game, as far as availability um, to his, his talent. And I think the wrinkle, the little wrinkle that trickles down with that is the fact He's so good that he, he's, he causes an issue to literally the balance of the entire league when he doesn't show up. Uh, and last year, it wasn't injury. It was, it was just obligations. And this year, it was, again, obligations plus an injury. But the injury was kind of like right before he had to leave anyways. Um, I don't know if Matt can continue to have a career in this league because it seems like he's got too much going on. I mean, the, I, feel, I feel so bad for the RCCs because when he's there, like, they're, they're a championship contender. That, that's how good Matt is. But relying on somebody who just hasn't been able to show up for them has just plummeted their entire stock to the point where, I mean, we're doing a whole redraft essentially because of them. Um, so it, it was really, like, sad I had a lot of sympathy for them watching them have to go out there and clearly struggle and clearly be frustrated because they couldn't field a full team uh, of four. And we're just kind of, you know, at a, at a humongous disadvantage. So um, I think as far as Matt goes, if, there, if, he, if he's ever going to come back to the league, there needs, there's going to have to be a serious conversation with him about everything that he's doing this summer um, because, or, or that the following summer that he's playing and whatever it is, but um, hopefully when um, the redraft, the RCCs can get back on their feet. Dan. Yeah, I would, uh, I would echo a lot of the same, same points Nick was just making there. Like, yeah, I feel for Alec, Paul and Mike, because, you know, you, you know, they had a really good start, right. With Matt. And then, you know, like they, they also know obviously that they're, a much, much better team with Matt there. And to see it just kind of fade off and they really couldn't like to the point where they, they did not want any part of the playoffs. And that's like when it became like, oh shit, because it's like, cause then it became really, you know, not fun for them. And like, that's what, like, that's what sucks. And then selfishly for our team, you know, yeah would I like more wins rather than getting fucking K'd up every other second by Matt's knuckleball? Yeah. But it would also have been just a little bit sweeter to have been that number one seed having played against a full strength RCCs a bit more because they were at first that contending team that they were holding that top spot and no Matt really fucked them. And to the again to the point they were tapping out that they just they did not want to play anymore and that that blows absolutely blows yeah we had a big problem this year um just wrapping up dsa we had a big problem this year with people just not having fun um because of whether the way they were playing or the team was playing um and so that you know when that became apparent uh we kind of that's what forced us into doing 
what we have to do with this redraft. Because, you know, the idea of the WBL is, you know, we, we, we want to mix in fun uh, and competitiveness together. And it just kind of felt like uh, with some of the teams, even there were times where the Hanks looked down and out. Um, you know, it, we it just looked like the fun was being taken out of it because some of the teams were uh, just kind of left at a disadvantage due to departures and whatnot um, from the previous season and um, just non-commitments throughout the course of the season. So, Jonathan? Yeah, when it comes to the RCCs, I mean, I just – Alec is the person I feel the most for because back – Last year, when we decided to do teams, there was like talks of, you know, who's going to be captains and whatnot. And I came out and said that directly, I don't want to be a captain because I don't want the first pick. Because you have to take Matt because the talent is undeniable with all the players that were in the pool. He w- he's head and shoulders above everyone just because his pitching is so dominant. He's probably the most dominant pitcher the WBL's ever seen uh, outside of maybe Scott Anderson throwing 90 on the black back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> but well, in the same sense, you can't pick him because you knew it wasn't like there wasn't a track record with the kid that he wasn't that he was going to not show up. Everyone knew that he was a he was a risky pick, a questionable pick because he had shown in the past that he was he was un you know, unreliable showing up uh, consistently to play. And so Alec, you know, had to take him. And, um, you know, when he doesn't show up, that that makes you probably like the worst team in the league because your, your next two picks, Paul and Mike, that's the last pick in the second round and the first pick in the third round. So you basically lost, you know, more than half the league. So, I mean, you're just, you're just screwed. I mean, he just... He just really hurt that team by being unavailable. Yep. Again, for the second year in a row. Yeah, just back-to-back tough seasons for the RCCs. They had, they definitely had uh, high hopes for what they could have been, but were just never able to realize their full potential. So let's move on and let's talk about the season one champions. That would be the Hanks and uh, – they predictably struggled to defend that season one title with uh, myself having to move on due to work obligations. Uh, they weren't able to find an adequate uh, replacement. Uh, rookie James Daly, James Daly performed admirably, but it, he just took a very long time to find his stride. It wasn't until probably I'd say season's end where he started to put it together at the plate. By then it was too little too late for the Hanks. Um, he was recognized for his efforts with the Baxter award. So that was, I mean, that was good for him, um, that his efforts were recognized. Uh, DJ weren't happy about that. mm, DJ got very little help on the mound from his teammates, especially Cam Mooney, who literally did not show up at all (laughs) and was still charged with two earned runs for no showing a game. Uh, then and despite some pitching troubles from Miller, the new captain of the Hanks, his work at the plate where he was tied for fourth in home runs and fourth in RBIs was good enough to earn him an all-star selection alongside DJ. So despite the Hanks six and 12 record, they still were able 
to have two all-stars. So kind of an interesting wrinkle there. Um, but they, of, of their six and 12 record, five of those wins came at the expense of a Matt Cunningham-less RCC squad. They went one and 11 against the Bonds and Snowflakes. So And, uh, and not Cam played in some of those games too, I'll have you know. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Yeah, that's a that's a. Uh, I mean, we can't. Uh, we don't have to go real in depth, but that's a pretty low point when uh, when Cam literally says he's going to show up and then says nothing and doesn't show up and forces a non-team affiliated player to fill in, which we were very adamantly against uh, going into this season based off of the FBL season. Yeah. Uh, so the Hanks the Hanks struggled to put. I don't think they had four players. I think they had four players on the first day of play, and that was it. And yeah, because they had Jasper, with, right? Yeah, and they they had three players the rest of the season, and it was it was definitely an uphill battle. And I think they knew that going into it, and uh, unfortunately, it materialized as such. Um, so, Jonathan, I'll let you start. What were your thoughts on the Hank season? Well. You're, you hit the nail on the head, Ryan. I, no one really expected the Hanks to uh, repeat this year as they lost a, a walking home run basically towards the end of last season. Suck and they, they just, uh, you know, they didn't have like the top end talent. Like Miller's a nice player and DJ's a nice player. Uh, and James looks like he's got, he's got something there. Um, you know, he, just he, need, just, he needs time. Yeah, he just needs time, correct. But they just they just lack the the top end talent that you need to win, uh, you know, consistently, and that's that's just what did them in. Even if Cam had shown up, they weren't, you know, Cam not showing up is not is is this is not the same as the RCCs. Cam not showing up did did not mean was not the difference between them winning the championship and not or being competitive and not. They just they just didn't have the talent. I mean, it's just as simple as that. They didn't have the talent to be, you know, at the top of the league. Dan? Yeah, I, I'd argue if Cam, if Cam was there on a regular basis, they would have been contending for a playoff spot in my, in my mind. Not, maybe not like top seed, but, you know. Well, we're, Dan, I got to yeah. cut you off there. They technically did make the playoffs. They did make the playoffs. But, like, the RCCs literally quit. Well, uh, and also to Dan's credit, if we uh, were doing the season like we originally intended, they would have not made the playoffs. This is correct. So, in, in general, I'm just saying you got Miller and DJ, two all stars in their own right, and then you had Cam, who last year on the Hanks was a very serviceable player when he was there. Um, I don't think he was in by any means like a liability, and like. Yeah, I know, like, James, uh, you know, was kind of coming along as well. I, I, I would just say, you know, again, with the Hanks, it was really unfortunate, right? You know, you you were missing out on, you know, your third best player. And even when you thought you were going to get him, you didn't. And that sucks. And it can be demoralizing, too. Like, I feel like Miller probably felt a bit demoralized from the whole thing and the whole process. So that can take a toll, you know, just on the, the three guys that do show up. But I will say this, like, again, you know, like whether it's Sato or whoever, James, again, James 
new to the league. I was impressed that, you know, he was showing up, he was committed. And again, like, I don't believe he lives particularly close at all. So like, and he's a married man. I mean, come on. I mean, he's, he's got obligations. As many obligations, if not more than anybody in my mind, if you're married. Yeah. You know, that's, you got a commitment right there. So for him to win the Baxter award, I thought was fine because yeah, I, me personally, I voted DJ, but again, that goes to credit to him, you know, showing up all the time and playing hard and, you know, giving a crap when it could be very easy for either of those guys to like not really give a shit. And I respect that a lot. And that's why I voted, you know, if I didn't vote DJ, probably would have voted for James because again, it, it would have been much easier for them to not have shown up as much or cared or try to make their team competitive. So I give them a lot of credit for that. And I enjoyed playing them, you know, because I knew that we were going to get, you know, I knew that playing Miller, DJ, and James, regardless of if we sweep, whatever, um, it was going to be a good time. And uh, personally, you know, um, I feel bad, again, for the Hanks that they weren't able to at least see their full potential. You know, I'm not saying they would have been world beaters with Cam, but to have seen their full ceiling, I wish they could have done that. Nick? Yeah, I will uh, hop right on what DS said. The reason I have a lot of respect for James, in addition to all the things, is because when you look at his stats, I mean, he was one of the worst hitters in the league um, and probably one of the worst pitchers in the league even though i think he finished with a somewhat decent era even um but he, he never he never complained he never quit and he just kept showing up and playing uh, a lot more than anybody expected him to so Stayed extra on championship day too true true and he was and he was a vacuum in the field i mean this guy i thought for somebody who was kind of uh expected to not have much mobility and like yeah he was slow in the base pass but uh when balls were hit to him, I mean, he, he was scooping them up. Like he was, he didn't make many errors on like ground balls. Um, so that was really nice to see. It was really like, it was a really like satisfying feeling watching somebody show up and, you know, seeing them like struggle at first, but then like work through it and like actually get better. You know, after like the, his first time or two playing his batting average was like below a hundred. And by the time the season was ended, he had raised his batting average a whole hundred points. And for somebody who's never played in this league before, I think this is a big deal. So for his ability to just grind out the season, not bitch, not complain, not, you know, um, you know, just not like cause a scene or anything. I have a lot of respect for that. Um, the Hank season as a whole, I feel bad again, like the RCCs. <clears throat> if you would have told me that this season would have went the way it did for the RCCs and the Hanks, uh, I would have probably... I probably would have suggested just redrafting like I had originally suggested before we did this team format. Uh, I told everybody that I thought it was a better idea to redraft just every summer. Uh, and people were really kind of like, well, like, well, I don't Hero. Really like that. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to toot my own horn. I think the redraft every year was a better idea um, because that way you can reassess who's around because at this age in our lives, people are moving on to other things and moving away or whatever. Um, but you know, people wanted to stick through it and that's fine. And at the end of the day, 
sticking together certainly helped the bums win a championship. So I can't be too upset. But um, again, Hanks, just like the RCCs, those two teams together are um, the unfortunate happenings that went on with those two teams are uh, what are causing us to do what we're doing now. But um, like I said, DJ, you know, majorly called DJ and Miller a couple of nice players. I mean, they both batted almost 400. Uh, Miller had some decent power and uh, DJ per usual was great with contact and he was a pretty consistent pitcher on the mound. I mean, I feel like if Miller had just been like a better pitcher, they could have been a little more competitive if they also maybe had Cam because Cam can hit somewheres in the mid 200s to like 300s range um, and pitch kind of solidly in the small amount of innings that he's expected to pitch based off his historical stats. But uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but um, I, I hoped for better for them this year. You know, it just didn't work out that way, but credit to them for continuing to show up and for grinding up the season. Yeah, Cam's a career three twenty hitter with a four three one OBP. Yeah, so like that, that's not that's not bad at all. Like that's no. solid, like number three hitter. Yeah. So, and he wasn't like you said he wasn't terrible on the mound either. He was fine. He would have his moments, sort of like me, where he would get hot, but then he'd get obliterated at other times. So. He definitely could have helped, but like Dan was saying, he what he wasn't the difference between a championship and just getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Right, exactly. All right, and that leaves us with one final team, that being the Snowflakes. I, uh, another heartbreak finish for the Snowflakes as they fell just short in the championship series yet again. They blew this time. They blew a two-zero series lead to the Bums, as we mentioned after they blew a 2-1 series lead last year in the championship series to the Hanks. Uh, Zach did win his second MVP award behind a very dominant season at the plate, and he was named an all-star for his efforts. But the story of the first two seasons of the Snowflakes will forever be that they just couldn't win the big one. They couldn't get the job done. And that's unfortunate because they really had a good talented team uh built around team captain zach lacy but they'll they'll they just don't they're not gonna have a championship to to sort of write about for it and that's that's unfortunate for this team um but what are your guys' thoughts on the snowflakes in season two well i mean we knew at least us as a team we knew there was going to be us against them at the championship i mean that was pretty uh pretty set in stone matter of fact i don't think anybody was really debating that either but um they they surprisingly struggled um and especially early on you know when they the season was done they ended up 11 and 7 because of course you know you get your wins against the the hanks and the rccs um but they really did struggle and i think it was mainly on the mound you know this team still showed that they had the ability to score enough runs to win games you know, Zach hit over 500. He really got back to his old ways, hitting uh, for power, especially towards the end of the year. Um, led the league in RBIs as well. And Marcus also hit for a pretty solid average. He was around 400. Um, and uh, Marcus had another great season with his ERA. He was a 263 or something like that this year. And Zach was a 211. And then Billy Campbell somehow also had a sub one ERA albeit probably in half the innings that some of the top uh, innings pitched uh, leaders were at. Um, 
And yeah, Dan Roach struggled, but um, it is what it is. Like um, the rest of the team as a whole uh, played really well. And I think the thing that you mentioned was that they couldn't finish the job. I think that was a problem for them in the regular season as well. They had a couple of games where they lost on walk-offs and particularly the one they had one against us where uh, Billy Campbell missed a ground ball that ended up scoring the game winning run. Um, so I think it was, they, they were like so close uh, to really breaking through uh, in finally getting that championship, but you know, they just couldn't finish when it counted, but it's not like they really had necessarily so many things go so poorly for them. Um, like I mentioned, you know, they, they, they hit really well. And for the most part, they pitched really well too. Um, so, I mean, they were, they were just, they, they just barely missed it. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, uh, I, gr- I would say they, they pitched pretty well. I mean, a team ERA of two, five, two going into the playoffs. That's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but I think the two things that stood out to me um, before I toss it over to Jonathan and Diaz, the two things that stood out to me, or clearly uh, the untimely hitting like clutch moments. They just, like you were saying, Nick, they just seem to not have a knack in the big moments from at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, when they lost, they were typically close games that they let slip, slip through their fingers. And then the other big thing that's not really talked about as much, although it was mentioned uh, at times in the power rankings was their fielding. They led the league in errors. So they were kind of just shooting themselves in the foot early on in the season. And that didn't help their their cause at all. Um, but again, it was, I mean, they had the pitching and for the most part, they were a very good hitting team as well. Yep. Um, but they just couldn't put it all together. And especially so in big spots, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, the the hang, I mean, sorry, the Snowflakes are a good team. They were in the championship both years, came up short both years, unfortunately for them. But, you know, Zach, as Nick said, Zach really brought it back. Um, Marcus did well at the mound. Um, but I think, Ryan, you nailed it on the head. They just they just kind of missed that timely hitting. Like in the in the series against us even, you know, the third game, or the fourth game when they had a chance to win, you know, Billy can't come through against DS and, and they lose five, three and whatnot. And, you know, that was a, that was a theme for them all year that they're in particular, their bottom of the order, you know, when we played them, uh, you know, we'd, we'd pitch around Zach and then like DR and Billy, Billy sometimes would have a good hit, but like, it seemed like when push came to shove, Darren Billy, you could get him out in the big spots and they, you know, and that kept them down there instead of getting seven runs or six runs, they're getting three and then they're giving up five or whatever. And then they're losing in, in the big games. Um, but they're a good team. It's uh, unfortunate for them that they'll, they'll never be able to win a championship, but at least in that iteration of the snowflakes. Yes, of course. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where their uh, their players go. I mean, I, I can see a scenario where it's possible that, you know, some of them uh, join forces again, you know, depending on how the ping pong balls drop in the, in the lottery and whatnot. But we'll have to see. Because I, I have a feeling that Zach would certainly take um, his team back if, if push came to shove. I, I don't think he has a problem with Marcus or Billy. And DR is gone because he's a fraud. So... 
Dan? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have too much else to add. I mean, I I would say this. Um, because they they had uh, their four guys more so than uh, the Hanks and the RCCs, you know, that's that's a spot, and especially where, like, DR was having some some trouble, where they could have benefited so much from just a, a, a couple practices, you know? Like, not anything crazy, but just something where you're not going too long without swinging or, or trying to, you know, hit a strike zone or something. Because I can't, I can't overstate how much I feel like that was um, a help for us at times because – like for, you know, for me or for Nick or Jonathan, whoever, Sato, mm-hmm. I felt like even if we were getting into a, a funk with, oh, can't find it, cold streak, whatever, we we had enough, um, you know, reps in us that we could get out of those funks. Or you know what the crazy could... thing is, DS? What? DR kept talking all year long about just he wanted to play more. Like the kid was just dying to get more swings and get more reps in. Even if it, it was in a casual sense, just to go out there and have fun. But he kept, like, he kept, he was begging to play. Well, and nobody was, nobody would play with them. Like, consider no- this too. Consider this too, because I, I think this, this is something that I think has now, now that we've done two full seasons of it, I think, you know, with the team format, right? And how we've been doing it and the, at the rate at which you play games throughout the summer Mm -hmm. or throughout the last two years it's overall less of a volume right when when we used to do you know captains and you know uh, you know you'd always get jumbled up or whatever i just feel like the amount of reps were at a higher clip back then oh for Um, sure and for someone like who isn't going out there and trying to get some practice whatever you know you are going to potentially struggle more you know if if uh you're not getting out there as much and i think that definitely that definitely played a role a little bit with dr um which sucks because i do think that getting those practice reps were huge for us and i think it would have been huge for that team too Mm -hmm. um i agree had they gone out there a bit and just cleaned up uh some of those rough edges well and 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 let me uh, add on to that a little more and I think I said this in uh, in passing to some of you uh, off off podcast or whatever. I think there are so many people in this league that could benefit from just like just taking it a little more seriously. I see so many people in this league, uh, the guys who struggle a lot um, with just the worst morale because like they're struggling at the plate or something. Uh, I'm talking like Dr. Paul, Mike, even sometimes Billy, sometimes even DS, right? Uh, a lot of these guys uh, who don't have the best statistics just get really down on themselves and they don't know what to do because they're, they're trying their hardest they, they, in, and they just can't get their, get themselves to play at the rate that they want to play at with the, the, the ability to play where they want to play at. And if they, if they just took the time, uh, and, and Miller especially too, I think as well, especially on the mound. Uh, if they just took the time to like work on their game in whatever way they needed to get better, whether it was like mess around with new pitches, 
literally pick up, like take one, a couple wiffle balls back in the backyard and just throw them at something and try and figure things out or ask for help, ask for practice. If they just put more time into it, I really feel like they would see like an, like an improvement in their stats and also in their enjoyment of the league because they'd be playing better. But unfortunately, as things go with this league, a lot of times with a majority of this group is I feel like people in this league sometimes see it as an obligation as somebody recruited them to this league to play. And now they don't feel like just ditching and leaving. So they just consider, oh, yeah, I was asked to play in this league, so I just got to go do it real quick. And then I'll go on with the rest of my day. And I think the difference for the guys that I, I drafted on this team with Jonathan, Dan, and Sato is they, don't, they didn't have that mindset. You know, They wanted to play, they wanted to get better, and they put the time in for it. And I just think there's a lot of other people in this league who either are content with how they're playing and all the power to them for, for feeling that way. But I also think there are a lot of people that could really have benefited uh, from putting more, uh, more time into their craft and just taking it a little more seriously. You're not getting paid to play with ball. I get it. But like you can put, you can't tell me you can't set aside like 30 minutes to an hour, like once or twice a week and, and get, try to get a little better at your game. So that when it comes game time on Sunday, you have a little more fun with it. Look, all I'm going to say to that is not everyone has a bat and a ball and a lawn chair at their disposal that they can okay, set okay. up. I'm going to cut you off. We have seven bats and an entire bucket of balls. It doesn't take that much balls to text me and say, yo, can I snag a couple balls and a bat or something? Okay, well, not everyone has as much free time as you. I, I, 30 minutes to an hour. Look. I mean, I, I would just argue this. I've been working full time for a while now and, and Sato works like we, we, we were able to figure it out. I mean, not, not everyone, not every single team, you know, has much more of a, you know, any hurdles. I get it. It's not always easy, but to that point, to the free time point, like, yeah, like I, I would say Nick has more free time than like maybe most Johns in the league just because of the work thing. But like, we but also you, had to make schedules work at the same time. But you can't sit here and tell me that if I was working a nine to five, that I still wouldn't take the time to do the same thing that I did this year, not working a nine to five. No, I'm, and that's I'm, all I'm saying. I'm, and again, I'm not even asking these guys to travel to a practice. I'm not asking James to drive from Merrimack or North Andover all the way to show it to a practice. But like, if the kid did want to get better and just throw a ball in his backyard, he definitely could do it. Well, and, some people don't have backyards because they live in apartment complexes. All right. Well, you know what? That one, that's, that's the first point I'll give you. All right. So, and he's not the only one in that situation. So just kind of realize that. That I just not think everyone can... has the ability to set up shop where they live. Check and your privilege, Nick. <laughs> so... I guess so. I, I agree. If you want to get better, make the time for it and you'll see, start to see some results. So I, I'll give you that point, but not everyone is going to make time over something that they don't deem as important, like you were saying. And for mm-hmm. the, this is more of a, of a hobby, something that they see more as sort of a, a, a social thing. Well, yeah. I get that. That's fine. That, yeah, that is fine. But, but I, I'm just not saying. everyone sees it as a as a huge competitive league that you and I do. That's all. Well, my my only thing is it just 
I guess personally, it irks me when I see people just get pissed off consistently for the way that they're playing and then not do anything to fix it. It's like when you see a problem in any aspect of life and you see a problem in it not being solved. You know, they say uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And that's what it kind of feels like to me because I see the same problem occurring and I don't see a solution. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know. It's just it, it, it's it's all my opinion. It's all it's all it's all a me thing, I guess. Yeah. Quick tangent though. DS brought up a a, a funny thing that I want to talk about. Uh, the amount of games that we used to play in the WBL during the captains format on a, mm-hmm. any given day during a tournament. Uh, the, those would be like like anywhere from like ten to fifteen games in a day. And ah, 15. I don't know. 15, I miss 10 it. To 12. But it, it, you now, At Ryan, least. when you when we play like a series, it's like what maybe like like two hours max. At, we used to start most. at like nine and leave at like 132. It used to be it, like it, half it, or even day. later. Later, like I remember yeah, some three. days where we would play a tournament and as soon as we wrapped up, I'm literally driving to my softball game. At five o'clock, yeah. Like I miss it. I like, do miss that. We yeah. me too. So I mean, it's crazy how we've definitely trimmed back on the in terms of volume games played on a a, a per day basis. Yeah, but, but we have, have to. You, People don't you, have time for it. Anymore. You well, you yeah. have to if you want. If we wanted to uh, expand the league like like we did, yeah. If we wanted to play like how we played before, we would have kept it like it was before at like you know whatever eight people that all live very local and all love to play wolf ball. Of course. So I, I get that. It's just crazy to look back and be like, man, we used to play like 12, 13 games on a on a single day, and now it's like you play three games and everyone's just gassed. We would do literal whole entire double elimination tournaments in a day. Those are the worst. I hated the double elimination time, so. Oh, my we, God. That was exhausting. I'm just saying. And so, like, for someone, like who's like on a, for someone who's on a lower base skill level, if you, you know, just do the math. You trim all of that time back into your playing. And just say, in a vacuum, you're not doing anything outside of the games you do play to, to build yourself up at all. You're just going there. You're showing up. You're playing three games, and then you're out. I, I can totally see how you can't really play yourself out of that. It's hard. Bring back the old format. Uh, uh, no, no, that's I not what I'm saying. God. I'm just saying no. It's I, hard I, to play I, yourself out of that if you don't practice. Right, and I agree. But God, th- there's nothing I would hate more than going back to the old format. There's a reason why we changed because everyone just didn't care about it anymore. Yeah. All right. So as we start to wind down here on the season two recap of the WBL, I do have a couple of quick things I do want to talk about uh, towards the end here. Uh, so the first thing I, I do want to ask you guys is, do you think the league got the awards and all-stars right? Uh, Dan, I will start with you. Um, so for the awards, I think for the most part, it was right. I mean, the MVP, you could argue Nick, the stats, I would say kind of point to Nick, but uh, I thought the biggest like um, error in terms of the awards, I thought Sato was clear cut gold glove. I mean, that kid, that kid was a fucking vacuum in the outfield. I mean, 
So much so. And he continued that in the playoffs in the championship game. Um, that kid, balls in the air. I don't care what the wind is doing. I don't care how much sun is out. I would trust him to catch it as much as anybody, if not more than anybody in the league. Because he was just a ball hawk out there. He truly was. And, you know, he's not the, the greatest, you know, ground ball fielder. But that's not what we set him up to do. We set him up to make as many fly ball outs as he could, no matter where it is. And I believe he was clearly, clearly the gold glove this year. Um, All-stars. I don't really know. I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't really know how to feel about the voting system. I mean, it, 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 it did make sense, but at the same time, you know, I don't know, Zach voted, you know, for Mike as an all-star. I mean, do I really think Zach thought Mike had a better year than Alec or well, even that's Paul? the problem. That's the problem with, with, with what we do is we leave it up to personal bias and uh, people just are going to refuse to vote for certain people. Yeah, so like Nick and Zach have this long-standing thing where they basically refuse to vote for each other. And it used to be me and Zach for a time too, where we just wouldn't vote for each other on things because uh, we didn't want to give the other one a vote. Um, so there there are biases like that that exist in the league for sure. And- well, well, I, I got a point. I got one thing that I, ever since I thought about it like 20 minutes ago, it's been bugging me. Billy Campbell voted Matt Cunningham for MVP, and that bothers the shit out of me. Yeah, he voted for him for, I think, Cy Young as well. That bothers the shit out of me. If somebody and he voted not, for an all-star. I'm looking he, at it right now. Who did not show up ever. Like, you that's not a funny vote. That, like, is Zach voting for Mike? Like, ha kind of funny, at least kind of funny. Billy voting for Matt, hashtag not funny at all. All right, Jonathan, do you have any uh, other gripes or do you think the, the, the awards and all-stars were right for the most well, part? For the second time, the MVP vote, the MVP award was robbed from Nick. If you simply just look at the stats, Nick should have won MVP. Do you, on, do, do you actually believe that? Be, be yes. Serious. Okay. Yes. Now, now, please explain this to me. He's the best. He was the best player in the league this year on the best team. That should be and MVP. That, that's yes, and that's the last. The last part is what I was going to mention too. I mean, we we see in a lot of uh, a lot. I, I know you're going to say, "Is this the professional sports league?" But in all MVP voting, how the team does factors into the MVP vote. Unless you're Russell Westbrook averaging a triple double in the entire season as a five seed, or Nikola Jokic averaging almost a triple double as a three seed in the West, how your team does matters. And we finished first. And I was like this close to like the hit, hitting stats in Zach. He had me in RBIs and OBP just because everyone pitched away from him. And, and people average. didn't do that to me. And well, slugging. He, we had the same amount of home runs. I don't want to hear slugging numbers. He outslugged you. Well, we had a couple more doubles. No, he had more base hits than you. Hmm. Regardless, I, I, don't, I don't think – I still don't think it was that large of a margin. Okay, let me let me correct. You had two more hits than him, but you needed 14 more at-bats to get two more hits. So why am I at fault for getting more at-bats? Because you struck out a bunch of the time and Zach was walked a bunch of the time. Yeah, well so – your, your OBP is below 500 like everyone else's, except mm-hmm. for Zach who had an OBP over 600. 
Zach, only person to bat over 500 that actually qualified. You didn't even, you were batting in the mid fours. That's great. Yes. He, he had uh, on the mound, he had an above two ERA. I was below one. He had 27. No, Canadian, no, you do walks. not even bring Cy Young into this. But it's a, are you telling me MVP is only a hitting stat? It's always been that way. No, it's not. It so when Jacob be. DeGrom wins uh, MVP this year in the NL, is that is that because of his hitting stats? Yeah, dude. Is this the MLB where you can get – Yes. To- you okay. keep using that argument. It should be the same type of voting. It's a sports league. So if if I – so why have I won MVP three times then, if, if pitching matters so much? Because you were by and large the best hitter. Like the, the jump between two and three – was still a considerable amount to between two and two and three and one. I I, I just disagree in terms of the how you guys. It's view because MVP. you can take over a game single handedly because you can hit a home run at any given like any any time you want it. Zach and I couldn't always do that. I don't think we can do that. But literally, people had to like walk you intentionally to the point where you wanted intentionally walks limited well yeah i mean like how uh, the fact that you don't see that is just is appalling to me well no i i obviously understand that aspect of it but when i'm looking at it from you versus zach in the season two setting i look at it and hold on what is your career era you act like you're some godly awful pitcher like you're not zach and i but your career era isn't like six no it's probably around four I could three or up. four that's like average an average pitcher with a literally best hitting stats of all time in this league no shit you want mvp three times all right it's three seven two but like whatever three seven two are you kidding me you are scamming me you're scamming me here because you wanted me to talk you up just to fill your ego Wow. scammed i got scammed well a you did it to yourself b i'm still not wrong because you literally yes you were definitely a better pitcher than him but he was a better hitter than you yes just because you matched his production in terms of like home runs and and triples and doubles and R- and rbis doesn't mean you were the same level as hitter of him like look at your balls like your walks to strikeout ratios Okay, it okay, is okay, a no, you vast keep, you, you keep you keep bringing it up. People didn't literally and I was like I was intentionally walked probably once. Zach was intentionally walked so many times and not only intentionally walked, people would just literally throw b- straight balls to him. And it, a lot of times it was us. So what does that so, say about you? That you're not feared. Zach's feared. Well, that, that, that I can't control how the rest of the league <laughs> handles that. What do you want me to do about how maybe they should have feared Nick because we finished with the best record in the league and we won the championship. Maybe see, they should have pitched see, around now you're Nick. Turning into a team thing because well, I'm I, just because I think M- how the team does should factor into the MVP vote. Okay, as well. so then just give MVP to the best player on the best team every year. Then that's what they practically do. No, we don't. That literally, I got MVP last year and the Hanks were the freaking two seed. And you, but you won the championship. Yeah, we did. So you were, we the were, nine and nine. were the best team in the league there. No, no, that's <laughs> not how this works. Uh, I, I, I have a big issue with that hitting walks and hitting strikeout stat being the deciding factor. 
I don't, I don't, I don't like you that. You didn't do anything. What did you do factor. that was, that was better than Zach from a hitting perspective? Oh, that's not my point. I, th- I just think you I can't was see? on The answer enough. is no, you weren't a better hitter than him. Yeah, but I was a better pitcher than him. And I value the MVP as an entire aspect of your game. And I don't, so you didn't get my vote. And clearly other people. That's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm so not asking. No, no. People didn't agree with you. People just said, oh, Zach. Yeah, I'll vote for him. That's, that's how it's always been. All right, can I keep going to my award run? Yeah, you can. <laughs> okay. You did it to yourself, though. Cy Young, correct. Nick should have won Cy Young. Most improved, congratulations, DS. I have no problem with that. Gold Glove, uh, considering I won Gold Glove, I also cannot have a problem with that. <laughs> Doo-doo Glove, I'm a bit offended. The fact that D- Marcus, Billy, Zach voted me for Doo-doo Glove doesn't surprise me. Especially Zach and Marcus. They have a vendetta against me. Zach thinks I'm the worst fielder ever. Marcus is still salty that I won a championship in the old format. So he still holds <laughs> that against me. Um, but DS, DS, I'm a bit, um, I'm a little angry that DS voted me for Doo Doo Glove, considering I like won him a game in that third <laughs> inning against the Hanks, where I made all three plays in the final inning. And you, no one can sit here and tell me that DR is not a worse fielder than i am dr is, is bar none the worst fielder in the league i or think Miller. miller's a worse fielder than uh than you so i was a bit offended by that but whatever <laughs> and the other two awards are those are opinionated and th- there's there's no rhyme or reason necessarily why anyone really votes for that award so yeah that's my takes what about the all-stars you agree disagree well i was snubbed no doubt yeah, about that. Hundred percent. So, um, who would you have replaced? Because um, the only person Miller. you okay. And I think Marcus was snubbed too. Mm-hmm. So you think it should have been uh, you and Marcus instead of Miller and DS, right? DS. Uh, yeah, probably. I'd say I, me over Miller agree. and like Marcus over DS. No offense, DS. Just because Marcus was a better hitter. Uh, it yeah. was just tough because DS, DS was such a good pitcher this year. That's why it was so close. Fendi. And DS I, is such a fan favorite, you know what I mean? I got I got love for DS, so I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, Fendi you know, I'm, DS. Short offseason, I'm going to I'm gonna ump. I'm going to probably get kicked out, whatever. <laughs> it, if the All-Star game even plays. I mean, there, Ryan, no offense to uh, your dream of getting the All-Star game, but I'm going to just tell you this, that certain All-Stars were already talking about opting out. Oh, uh, oh Pro Bowl yeah. Style. Yep, yep, I I. I can't. I completely forgot about that, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, John. They won't name names. I will name names. I'm pretty sure Zach uh, is definitely opting out of that game. And who else was it? I think uh, Miller was. Was Miller trying to opt out of it too? I think he I was know. the other one. But Zach definitely is uh, trying to get out of playing that game. He wants. You know, we we love to see somebody not wanting to just play the game and grow the game. All right. But well, I got the home run derby goes on. All right, Nick, you have any last thoughts? I haven't asked you specifically anything aside from your MVP rant. So please go ahead. If you've got any issues with the award and all stars. Oh, no, my only, my, my only issue is with the, uh, with Billy's votes really, if we're doing, you know, obvi- I expect the people that voted for Zach to vote for Zach. Uh, I honestly didn't even expect to win either. It's just the way the voting goes. Um, but I was happy, you know, the Cy Young is obviously great. I'm super happy for DS getting most improved. 
Um, that felt really nice to see all like the work that he put in pay off. Um, Sato guy. being, you love to like, see that. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, but I hundred percent agree with DS. Sato is such a good fielder this year, so he should have been there. Um, I can't believe you didn't let DR vote for himself when everybody else voted for him. Uh, I know you're not allowed to vote for yourself, but like, I don't was... care if it's, if it's the only award where it, voting for yourself is actually yeah. like a bad thing. Yeah. I was surprised. Not, like, I can't, can't yeah. let, it, can't I was let su- it go. I was surprised you didn't let it go. Um, I'm surprised you didn't vote for himself more. He has a history of just voting for himself constantly. <laughs> he does. I mean, he's had some pretty outlandish votes. I'll give you that. Yeah. And also James being the, the, the Baxter award winner was, uh, was fantastic. I, I personally voted for him. So I was really happy to see him win. All right. And uh, we'll wrap up on this. I've got two quick hits. I want to get across before we wrap up. Uh, if, and when we have a season two home run derby, I'd like to get your predictions for that as well as how you think the season three uh outlook will be with that the aforementioned redraft looming so uh jonathan Mm. i'll let you start if you want give me a home run derby prediction who you think is going to win that and uh what are your thoughts going into season three okay so my home run derby prediction um hopefully it happens i will go with zach just because zach kind of looked like the hitter of old at least recently as opposed to like last year and really the year before that too, he had two back to back kind of like down, like for his standards, like hitting wise. Um, but I think he's back now just like fear. Like you think he's going to hit a home run every single time he's up uh, type of, you know, play to plate discipline and approach like that. So he would be my pick. And then for the redraft, I think one of Zach or Nick's teams, will be the early favorite just simply because I think there's a gap between Zach and Nick and Miller and Alec. So just straight off the bat, just by your best player, those teams will have an advantage, even though they will have, you know, the third and the fourth pick in the draft or whatever it is. I, I still think one of those teams will have an advantage um, straight off the, the bat. You'll, you'll look and you'll say this team with either Zach or Nick as captain is probably the best team, at least on paper, in the preseason. Dan, home run derby prediction, season three thoughts. So for the derby, yeah, I uh, I think Zach is a good pick. Dog. Especially the latter you half. also are a dog. <laughs> nah. Well, Jonathan's a dog, too. He literally just picked him. And, <clears throat> yeah, I uh, again, he had a really hot second half. I can speak from experience thrown to him in the championship series was not fun. And I even intentionally walked him. The only intentional walk I threw all year. Uh, Crazy. And uh, yeah, I, I would go with Zach to, to win that. And then, you know, Nick is going to be the early favorite. Uh, you know, I just think that something clicked this year for the kid something really clicked uh, with his knuckleball on the mound in the championship series. I think things are starting to come together for the John. And I, I, I could totally see Nick's team after the redraft leading the pack uh, preseason power rankings. I could see them being number one, whoever, you know, I don't know. I don't know what his team is going to look like. I have a fairly vague idea, 
But again, you know, talent gap is there. And I think he has really found something with his pitching, which is dangerous as fuck. Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough to sort of visualize what the season three teams are going to look like until the player pool gets finalized. So hopefully yeah. that'll get taken care of sooner rather than later. Uh, Nick. Yeah, well, uh, I hate the home run derby personally, like talking about myself. I love the event, but I, I hate uh, participating in it because uh, for something about just facing like lob pitching, uh, I, I, I hate it. So uh, I, I, I'm not going to go too crazy, especially, you know, uh, uh, trying to win it. Like, I'm just going to try to have fun with it. Um, uh, I feel like. Um, I feel like Jonathan and Marcus have a good shot um, of winning uh, this home run derby. I mean, Marcus won last year. I feel like those are two guys that really love a nice slow lob ball rainbow pitch. So they can do a lot of damage to those. So um, obviously they'll be in there competing with Zach, but I know Zach and I struggled in that event last year. So I don't know. I'm, I'm looking to see if maybe Jonathan can get it, uh, get himself going in a home run derby. Um I don't know how we're formatting who's competing in it, but I imagine everybody's probably eligible or maybe everybody who at least hit a home run is eligible. I, I have no idea. Everyone um, who shows up in the, from that played in the league in season two is eligible. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and as far as season three goes, uh, I, I I'm stressing out. I mean, as a captain, uh, I'm firstly, I, I, I guess I'm, I got a lot of mixed emotions. Um, I'm pissed that we even have to do this because I love my team. Uh, and I really didn't want to have to break up my team, but like, but like, I get it. Um, I get why we're doing it. Um, and you know, I guess I'm supporting the movement. I'm just upset that we have to do it. Um, but I'm also really stressed out because with the, with the news about DJ leaving August 5th, I have no idea, um, if that, who's going to take DJ and when, if people are still going to go for him early and nothing's going to change from what I think is going to happen. Also, uh, are we going to fill these three other spots or are we going to uh, somehow try and trim down to 12 from 13? Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to work out. Uh, these guys seem to be predicting one of Zach and I to be the favorite. Um, I would only feel like that is fair just because of how, how hot Zach ended at the plate and how hot I ended on the mound. Uh, if, if I can throw that knuckleball, um, in this in season three, you might have to start calling me the new Matt Cunningham. Uh, that's that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, well, that sounds like a pretty good spot to end on there. An absurd comparison, uh, but a comparison nonetheless. All right, so for Dan Sadik, who's already hit the hay, Jonathan and Nick, I am still ryan brown and we will see you next time Fuck you. god damn it